0: Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. We have the latest information on the winter storm that's approaching Hamilton and share some winter driving tips. I'm also talking about Service Ontario, Losing Weight, Nick Saban, and TV game shows. The GMH podcast begins now.
1: This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML.
0: The biggest storm of this winter is tracking towards Ontario. And while Hamilton may not get the worst of it, we're still going to be grabbing our shovels. We'll still be firing up our snowblowers and adding a few layers of clothing. So... Are you ready to hear the latest information on what is in store? Of course you are. So let's get to it. Uh, here's Ross Hall, Global News meteorologist, who joins us on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHUL. Ross, thanks for hanging around with us this morning. How are you?
2: Good morning, Rick. Yeah, it kind of puts a damper on uh, on Friday, doesn't it? When you hear about <laughs> another impending storm uh, moving in. But yeah, this one uh, this one's going to be pretty similar. It's, it's sort of that one two punch. We had that uh, strong storm earlier this week, and now we've got the second Texas low that's moving in.
0: So the two biggest questions I have fielded throughout the week is when is this storm going to arrive and how much snow is Hamilton going to get? What's your uh, weather models showing you?
2: Well, that's a very good question, and that's an important question because it's something to be aware of uh, for this evening. For those wondering this morning, no worries about this storm. It's more towards after 6 o'clock around Hamilton, likely between 6 and 7 o'clock, is when this heavy band of snow uh, is. we're expecting to start to move in. And this band of snow, uh, it likely will be snow initially, uh, will provide potentially 2 to 5 centimeters per hour. Now, that's a lot of snow in a very short amount of time, coupled with southeast winds, which could gust up to 60, 70 kilometers per hour. So, reduced visibility will be a concern on the roads. But the story is, is that band of snow is eventually going to turn to rain. The big question is, when does that happen? If we hold on to snow for three hours, well, you do the math, five centimeters an hour, for instance, that would be 15 centimeters. But we don't think it's going to hold on that long, maybe an hour or two, bringing us five, maybe 10 centimeters, and then a transition to rain. It's going to be that heavy, sloppy, wet snow as well. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind, uh, you know, 6 to 9 p.m. this evening. And then we're going to get into that messy transition likely towards Towards the later evening hours. Uh, and then again, those winds will be a concern as well.
0: So with that rain arriving, and we know that the temps are going to be tumbling, is there um, a danger of any freezing rain?
2: Well, the temps will actually be rising. This is, it's kind of a complex situation. So they'll be rising this evening. Uh, you can still see snow when it's one degree because it's colder in the upper levels of the atmosphere. They'll actually rise to Two, three degrees overnight. That's when it transitions to rain. And then throughout the day on Saturday is my concern because temperatures will start to drop below freezing. It's still going to be windy. So any of that standing water that you may have, this could still deliver 10, 15 millimeters of rain in the wake of the snow. Uh, that rain will well, freeze. That standing water will start to freeze. And then enter the next chapter, if you will, of this weather story is the fact that we are going to be experiencing the coldest air of the winter so far. Uh, as we head through the second half of the weekend and into next week. And that also uh, brings in the potential for some snow squalls at times around the area. So uh, no lack of winter weather to talk about, certainly, after this storm, too.
0: It's bringing a lot of stuff. Ross Hall is our meteorologist with Global News and joining us here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML as we prepare for the biggest storm of the winter season thus far. And as Ross mentioned, the coldest temps are coming as well. Before I get to the temperatures, though, we're also going to have a new mention at 60 to 70 kilometers hour winds down in niagara yesterday i think it was like 80 90k this is packing a punch
2: yeah it will, and there is certainly the potential uh, for those areas those exposed areas with the southeast wind uh, to experience some power outages, so that's not out of the question as these uh, really strong winds uh, move in uh but of course, the other concern with the strong winds is you know and and is, is the reduced visibility with the snow, and it's one of those things where it will almost be a sudden onset event, you know things will be relatively calm five o'clock up to six. And then uh, that's where we're, when we're expecting that really heavy band of snow. Now, if you're traveling west of Hamilton, well, the snow will hit earlier. So keep that in mind uh, for your evening commute if you have those plans. And then, of course, uh, farther east into the province, it will arrive a little later. But it's just about that initial uh, heavy band of snow. And I, I don't know if you recall, Rick, the uh, storm last year that did bring some thunder snow. I know mm-hmm. there were lots of images of, uh, of lightning and, and hearing thunder. Well, there's so much deep convection, so much Energy with this system as it moves in, that there's that possibility once again of uh, of some thunder snow with this too. So uh, just throwing in another element to talk about.
0: And, and so refresh your memories on the thunder snow. Why is this a phenomenon?
2: Yeah, it's basically the same concept. When you experience uh, a thunderstorm in the summer, you have this this convection. So this quickly rising air, the differences in the temperature, and that's that's what we're going to experience. A lot of instability with this storm, but instead of uh, heavy rain, it will initially be uh, likely some heavy snow. And with that also comes lightning. And when you have lightning, you hear thunder. So uh, that's a possibility, not 100% chance, but don't be surprised if it's something you experience this evening.
0: When we spoke to you earlier this week, you mentioned polar vortex. Is that coming as well? Because we're noticing that the temperatures are going to drop substantially over the next couple of days.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a big adjustment. So uh, our friends out in the prairies and out west are experiencing wind chills in the minus 50s currently, if you can picture that. Uh, it's not going to be that cold <laughs> around Hamilton and the GTHA. Uh, however, you can expect temperatures, wind chills at times, especially through those overnights over the next few days, uh, to reach the minus 20s. And we're going to get to daytime highs, uh, especially Monday, Tuesday that are Barely getting into the minus single digits, so likely closer to minus ten as a a high, and then overnights will be minus ten to minus fifteen. But again, with the wind chill, it's going to be closer to minus twenty. So, uh, something to keep in mind because we really haven't had that type of cold uh, so far this winter, and it's going to last for a few days too. Well, that
0: polar vortex, the thunder snow, the high winds, the heavy snow, the blowing snow, the dropping temps, and the rain—this is this is a pretty insane storm that's coming at us
2: yeah I'd say it's a, it's a strong storm and I think the other aspect is how active it's been really over the last few days uh, with it it's, it's it is a rarity to experience two strong storms back to back like this so uh, just be prepared out there and I guess if anything we're sort of uh, we're likely uh, inciting people to kind of encouraging people to maybe uh, plan a vacation after talking about all this uh, but you know some people enjoy the winter weather and of course there has been a lack of snow and, and a lack of winter weather uh, and that has some impacts too. So some people may actually be looking forward to this change.
0: In our next or last 30 to 45 seconds, if those who are venturing to the GTA, for example, uh, is it going to be much worse there?
2: it's going to be a similar situation. Again, it depends on where you are. So um, I should mention, even around Hamilton, higher terrain has the better chance. So the mountain may have a better chance of seeing a little bit more snow. Same thing with the GTA. If you're closer to the shorelines of Lake Ontario, you're still going to experience that heavy band of snow, likely after seven o'clock towards Toronto. But if you have plans to head north, uh, sail on the 407 into the GTA, be prepared for heavy snow lasting longer, likely seven to possibly up to 10, 11 o'clock tonight. So uh, it's those areas that could top off at around uh, 20 plus centimeters when all is said and done of this uh, heavy wet snow
0: latest information on our biggest storm of the season thus far ross thank you so much for your time this morning
2: thanks rick enjoy your weekend
0: you too ross hall is a global news meteorologist giving us the 411 on what is going to be a, a pretty nasty storm and again hamilton not getting the worst of it you look at uh, the the uh, forecasting for the ottawa valley for example Tons of snow, 25, 30 centimeters out there, no thanks. I'll keep my 5 to 10 and maybe 15, which one is what is going to fall, uh, we think, here in Hamilton.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: So as you heard from Global News meteorologist Ross Hall, 2 to 5 centimeters of snow per hour starting at around 6, 7 o'clock tonight. High winds, which will reduce visibility, 5 to 10 centimeters tonight, maybe another 5 tomorrow. Put in some rain, some high winds tomorrow morning as well. Not ideal. It's a good time to provide you with some winter driving reminders. So we've set a few minutes aside to talk about that with Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, OPP's Highway Safety Division. Sergeant
3: Schmidt, good morning. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on.
0: How are you and other OPP officers preparing for this latest winter blast?
3: Well, hey, it's uh, it's Friday. We're working, and we're going to be available, and we're going to be around and respond to calls. I'm looking at Highway 401 as we speak, and traffic's moving along beautifully. The forecast looks like it's shifted a little bit further, and hopefully we can... Uh, escape the uh, evening commute home and everyone can get home before it gets uh, nasty out there but uh, very often in that early onset when it's it's clear and dry and bare and all of a sudden you start getting that first dusting and that often can catch drivers by surprise and you know when you talk about lots of snow or frigid temperatures you know if you have lots of snow everyone has those visual cues remind them that hey it is slippery it is winter driving and it might be a mess out there whereas when you have freezing rain or just that or that first uh, dusting you know often that is very deceiving and people don't realize how much driving conditions have changed until they hit the brakes and they realize they're not stopping
0: what's the biggest mistake drivers will make tonight and tomorrow morning
3: well First of all, by 6 o'clock, make sure you've got your full headlight setting, system on. Uh, too many drivers are going around with just their daytime running, and they don't have great visibility forward, and they have no uh, lighting in, in behind them. I, I think one of the things, uh, obviously driving to conditions is the biggest issue. Whatever that looks like, and, and very often it's following too close uh, to other traffic in front of them, and they don't have that... Uh, or that time to adjust their driving appropriately. You come to these on ramps and off ramps. There's an advisory speed limit. Yeah, you know, again, remember those are for ideal conditions. And you come around that ramp, and the roads are just a little bit slick. And you make that first turn, and your tires uh, lose traction, and you go sliding right off the ditch, right off into the ditch. So you know that that's it's simple things. Being aware of what your uh, what your environment is, and understanding that. Very often, road conditions can look look just wet, and yet they're not. They're actually completely ice-covered or slippery. And, um, you know, again, we're, uh, we'll wait for this system to come through and, and see how much uh, snow is coming down. Our uh, road maintenance crews, the plows and operators are going to be out there putting down either brine solution and then salting and plowing as the snow continues through the evening hours and overnight. And just uh, give them space and remember, uh, when you see a full formation of snowplows going down the road, it is now actually illegal, not just unsafe, but illegal uh, to try to slip in between and sneak past uh, these uh, folks that are uh, keeping our highways clear.
0: In our final 90 seconds here on GMH, uh, the expectation is that we're probably going to see a lot of collisions tonight, right? Like uh, the, Usually dozens, if not hundreds, when these major storms come. I- is that the expectation?
3: Well hey, I I'm a cup half full. So I I like to optimistically think that we're not going to have that if people are driving appropriately into the condition. So again, it really depends on everyone's behavior. You know, it's your responsibility to share the road safely, responsibly, you know, be aware of your surroundings. So before you head out, if you're parked on the driveway and there's snow accumulating on your vehicle, brush it off. Make sure your vehicle is cl- is clear of ice and snow before you head out. Turn your full headlighting system on. Use those mirrors. Uh, you need to know not just what's going on in front of you, but what's happening beside you and behind you. And, uh, and just uh, be co- co- cognizant of what's going on. Uh, the speed limit is the speed limit, again, in ideal conditions. And if you get the, uh, the snow and slush in between the lanes and on those off-ramps and on-ramps, uh, you've got to adjust your driving accordingly. So keep your head on a swivel. Keep your eyes open, your hands on the wheel and your mind focused on what you need to do, and that's uh, drive safely and responsibly.
0: Awesome reminders by Sergeant Kerry Schmitz. Sergeant Schmitz, thanks for the info, and drive safe today.
3: Appreciate it. You too. Thanks a lot. Sergeant Kerry
0: Schmitz is with the OPP's Highway Safety Division.
3: You're listening to
1: the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Whether you are going to be renewing your driver's license or your health card, Sometime soon, maybe later on this year, next year. Well, it's about to change, and in my opinion, not for the better. If you missed it, the Ford government is set to close some service Ontario buildings and move those locations to staple stores and install kiosks. A government spokesperson says this comes after lengthy consultations. Uh, I wasn't consulted. I didn't even know they were doing this. Mike Schreiner is the leader of the Green Party of Ontario and joins us here on GMH on 900 CHML. Mike, good morning. How are you? Hey,
4: good morning, Rick. Pleasure to be on.
0: So the province is saying that this is going to make Service Ontario more accessible and expand operating hours. And if that's the government's vision, you know, go ahead and open some kiosks, but keep the current locations open. I I think they're robbing Peter to pay Paul here.
4: Oh, absolutely. And not only that... They are closing down locations in some cases that have been run by small family owned local businesses to hand over a backroom sole source contract to a US based multinational corporation. Uh, So, you know, once again, it's a pattern with this government. They do these sweetheart deals, um, no transparency around them, no consultation around them, prioritizing, you know, once again, big box stores over locally owned businesses. And you're absolutely right. If the goal is to increase convenience and accessibility to service Ontario locations, why not keep the existing ones, like I said, in many cases run by small local owned businesses, open and open these kiosks above uh, what um, is already in place for people to access.
0: Absolutely, the province has not said which Service Ontario locations are going to close and move, saying factors are going to include uh, the size of the stores, the, the parking around the stores, and a part that I don't understand, the willingness to participate. What does willingness to participate even mean?
4: Yeah, well, I certainly wasn't consulted on that. It doesn't sound like you you were either. And you know what? This is just a pattern with this government. I mean, let's go back to the pandemic. They closed small businesses, kept big box stores open. When it came to the vaccine distribution, sole source contract to Shoppers Drug Mart at the expense of independent pharmacies and others. We want to build more housing, sweetheart deal, backroom deal for a handful of land speculators over what's good for ordinary Ontarians. And here we are once again, backroom deal, sole source contract for a US-based multinational corporation at the expense of local family-owned Ontario businesses. It is just
0: wrong. Well, and you bring up a good point too. I mean, what is this government's priorities? Closing and moving Service Ontario locations or solving our healthcare crisis, solving our housing crisis? I mean, the priorities seem to be not where they should be.
4: Well, absolutely. And that's exactly why this government has pretty much had to reverse course on almost every initiative they've put forward since the last provincial election because they seem to be more focused and prioritizing, you know, rolling the re- out the red carpet for, you know, Ford-connected insiders or multinational corporations or, you know, land speculators who own property in the Greenbelt, than actually addressing the real needs of everyday Ontarians, fixing the crisis in our healthcare system, addressing the affordable housing affordability crisis, you know, putting pressure on grocery stores to ensure that You know, people can afford to buy food and put food on the table. Uh, I don't understand why this government has such misplaced priorities, but it feels like and it looks like that the primary beneficiaries are always a handful of elite uh, well-connected insiders.
0: A couple more minutes with Mike Schreiner, the leader of the Green Party of Ontario. We know that uh, Toronto is getting a bunch of money, one and a half billion dollars from the province to solve their budget crisis. There's a lot of other communities, including here in Hamilton, that are in dire straits when it comes to their budgetary items. Tax increases aplenty for many Ontarians. How would you handle this situation?
4: Well, first of all, I would reverse the changes the government brought in with what's known as Bill 20. Free that took away development charges from local municipalities, which means they don't have the money to put in the infrastructure we need to service new home construction to address the housing affordability crisis. And I would end the province's downloading of things like mental health addictions, um, homelessness, poverty on the municipalities, because the property tax base was never designed to pay for those kinds of services.
0: Yeah, many municipalities are uh, struggling as they go through their budget deliberations. And uh, right now, the province isn't uh, that helpful. Michael, I'll have to leave it there. Thanks for your time this morning. Enjoy the day and the weekend. You take care, Rick, anytime.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: How are your New Year's resolutions going? I made a resolution to be more positive about my sports teams. nabbit they are challenging me to no end. Did you make a resolution this year? This year was was perhaps one of your resolutions, or the resolution was to lose some weight. I mean, that's a popular one. Get get fit, get healthier, drop a few pounds. I did not know this until I did a little bit of research. The obesity rate in this province is 26%. And as we all know, I mean, that's not good. That could lead to heart disease and stroke, type 2 diabetes, certain types of cancer. Well, we're going to be joined in mere seconds from now by a Hamilton woman who lost 70 pounds through a non commercial weight loss and support organization. It's called TOPS Take Off Pounds Sensibly. And not only did this woman uh, use the service of this, organization. She was also recognized by the group. Karina Stroop is this Hamiltonian I'm talking about, dropping 70 pounds, and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Karina, good morning. How are you?
5: Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Not too bad. 70 pounds. That is a lot. I've seen the before and after photos, and you look fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. You must feel like a million bucks.
5: I do. I do. I feel like a whole nother person. I feel... I when i say i feel like i'm 20 i i mean it like i i just uh, i feel yeah I, w- once i've lost once i'd lost the weight i was like when when did i feel this energetic this alive this this great i'm like ah oh, i think it was like early 20s. so i'm i'm a little bit older than 20 right now so <laughs> I, <laughs> so this is fantastic i feel i feel Really
0: great. Was this a New Year's resolution? Was it just? And I would imagine, like probably a, a, many other people, you had it in your mind that oh, I'm going to lose weight, and then you try and then you fail, and you try and you fail and you trying to fail, and and then you get you know some information in an organization like Tops on side What what was the difference this time around?
5: Oh my goodness, Rick! I have I've made that resolution so many times; it's, it's not even funny. So yeah, I the, the difference this time was that. I made a decision, and uh, the, the the biggest difference was how I felt. I mean, I've I've gone on diets before, I've done things like that, and I've lost weight, and I've gained it back, and I've lost more weight, and I've gained weight and lost it um, repeatedly. And I and the difference maker this time was i um, listening to. I was my body was just uh, going through some different symptoms, like I was getting sweats. I was I was feeling sluggish. I was just feeling, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to not going to subscribe to this. Uh, this, the older you get, the worse you feel mentality that this is scientifically that can't be correct. Cause I mean, when you, when you eat better and, and you do better things for yourself, you feel better. So I'm like, you know what? This is, it was a decision. It, that was a difference maker. It was a decision to get healthier. And ironically, wasn't as much of a decision, um, to it was to lose weight absolutely um but that was that was part of it mm-hmm. and it was the biggest part of it was my health I was like you know what I was staring at things that I didn't like symptoms about myself and whatnot and I was like you know what no I'm not I'm not going to age this way and I'm not going to uh, subscribe to this feeling for the rest of my life I'm going to change my health so that was the biggest difference.
0: Good for you. Me. That that is awesome. So, how much did you weigh, and how much do you weigh now? And what did you do to lose the weight?
5: I um, uh, starting at top, at my, at my heaviest, I was three hundred and fifteen pounds. When I started at tops, um, I was three hundred point two pounds, and um, I went all the way down to one sixty three. Wow! So actually, I've lost. Um, I lost. Uh, 150 pounds in total, but since I, since I started with tops, I lost 137 pounds. Wow. So, so 70, yeah, I passed 70 a while ago, but 70 is <laughs> not fantastic. I mean, five is fantastic sometimes, right? So yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I'm and,
0: at all. and so how long did that take?
5: Um, the the initial hundred pounds took about a year um, and uh, uh, like actually a little bit less than a year. And then um, the rest of it, like I, I was, uh, I guess it just over a year it took me to, to lose that much weight, hmm. to
0: lose 150. And so, and so, how did Tops help along the way? This is again, take off pounds sensibly. So I'm I'm assuming this is a sensible plan.
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Tops really helped me um, by providing a support network of people. Uh, there's uh, just I mean, I remember my mom going to Tops when I was younger. So Tops has been around for years, like many years. And but it, it helped me the most by providing a support network of people that um, from all from all from all ages, from all um, weights, from all circumstances, from all, all health perspectives. Just, just there's nobody that. But, like tops has not helped, so it's just recognizing yourself in others even even different than yourself and just providing that that, that support that accountability um, that encouragement uh, they they have weekly meetings, so just just i mean when you don't even feel like you're you you, you want to help yourself anymore there's other people like, like just encouraging you and and being your cheerleader and just, uh, yeah, that's support, that accountability too. that support like, network. Okay. I don't want to step on the scale next week and be <laughs> the one that's gained weight. I want to be the, I want to be the biggest loser. i yeah. time in life. You want to be a big loser, right?
0: <laughs> uh, last
5: <laughs> one, the biggest loser a lot.
0: That's awesome. Last one for you. we only got about 45 seconds. What, what's one big tip for someone out there who's listening, who wants to drop some pounds? What's the, the one big tip you have?
5: the biggest tip is just to take one day at a time, one hour at a time. Um just uh have have people surrounding you that support you and 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 put it out there so you are accountable like people will people will be like, "Oh yeah, how's that going?" But just make make it about uh, find a why, find something in yourself that's maybe even more than the weight. Like I did with my health and make it a decision. Don't go by your feeling, go by a decision and decide that you're worth it and you're going you're gonna to make yourself healthier.
0: It's a great story. Keep going. Uh, you've dropped a lot of pounds, and obviously you're in a much better s- space. And uh, thanks for sharing your story and uh, your tips with our listeners this morning.
5: Thank you so much, Rick. Thanks for having me, and, and good luck with, uh, with everybody, with your own journey. You can do it. You've got this.
0: You got it. Karina Stroop, Hamiltonian, who lost well over 70 pounds triple digits unbelievable using tops takeoff pounds sensibly you can check them out online
1: tops.org you're listening to the good morning hamilton podcast from 900 chml
0: big day actually big few days in the world of football number one we learned just yesterday that new england patriots head coach bill belichick and the pats were parting ways after 24 seasons The day prior to that was another big day from a college football standpoint in the U.S., because after 17 seasons with Alabama, Nick Saban is leaving the Crimson Tide. One person I wanted to talk to about Nick Saban knows a great deal about the legendary football coach in the NCAA. And that person is Peter Diakowski. Not only is he a former Tiger Cats offensive lineman, but he also won a national championship with Saban back in 2003 at LSU. And Peter joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. You know, if there's one constant in football, that constant is change. Are you surprised at the changes we've seen this week?
6: Retirement and Nick Saban just don't go together in the same sentence. So, yeah, I'm surprised. I guess it's inevitable, but I'm surprised.
0: He is 72 and you know that's that's getting up there, but I mean other coaches have have spent a lot longer in terms of their elderly years in that in that position. When you look back uh, what twenty-one years ago now, two thousand and three? Oh, wow! You're, I know you're at LSU. You're twenty-one years younger. You know, you got you got the hair flowing, <laughs> and you guys are charging the LSU char- Tigers, charging to a national championship. What was Nick like as a head coach way back when?
6: Well, I've I've always said upon observing him with with Alabama that we had the young. Nick Saban, we had the peak Nick Saban. He was even more intense. Everything that everyone's seen with him at Alabama, a lot of the iconic clips of him yelling and the power and the ferocity and intensity of his coaching. I think that peaked at LSU because he had the combination of his youthful vigor and his coaching expertise Aligning, whereas over the years at at Alabama, he started to mellow out a little bit. Winning national championships became old hat, but we had, you know, full-on Nick Saban, full-blown Nick Saban at, at, at LSU. The intensity has—I've never seen it matched, and I've had a lot of intense coaches, the power, the effectiveness, the forcefulness of the instruction, that's a good way to put it, is second to none. And as a young athlete, you know, we're all 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. You, you want to do everything in your power to make that man happy.
0: We're in discussion with Peter Dykowski, former Ticats offensive lineman who won a national championship with the great Nick Saban at LSU back in 2003. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Saban is known for being a, a master recruiter. Did you undergo that process with him involved?
6: I did, yeah. I got a phone call from Nick Saban when I was in grade 12. I remember sitting at the the kitchen table and it was, you know all arranged where you're ready and waiting for the call and then it comes in i don't think he mentioned how hot it was going to get <laughs> in louisiana i you know, I was coming from from vancouver i took a recruiting trip in january and it was beautiful it was lovely and i you know i had the impression it was just going to be perfect like that all the time so there there, there, are, there are a few things where you know if if you don't do a little bit of sales you might not uh, convince all of the uh, the kids that you want to get to sign up. The offensive line coach at the time, George Yarno, was from the Northwest, and I think he took a took a liking to me, and that helped maybe get me in Saban's good books. And they looked at my film, brought me down for a visit. Uh, but you have a one-on-one meeting with him in his office. There's a button on his desk that opens and closes the door to bring in, so he doesn't have to get up. And that, coming back to your earlier remark, that actually is a little intimidating. <laughs> when someone has a button on their desk to let you into their office.
0: Yeah. You're thinking, is there an eject button too? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a funny story or, or a poignant story about uh, Nick Saban?
6: Oh, I've got all sorts of stories. I, he He's the greatest of all time and, and incredible one. Literally people say one of the, one of a kind all the time. It's literally one of a kind. Like there's no other coach like him, you know, often, uh, often imitated. You felt special if he if he called you out. No, no one wants to get cussed out by the great Nick Saban, and he you know, he can cuss out a player better than anyone ever of all time. But you also like you, the attention. You wanted that attention almost. I I remember vividly one time my freshman year during the morning morning running the winter conditioning six a.m. to seven a.m. and it's just that hour of trying to make you puke. It was in, in, incredible how intense. It was, we we're doing these speed improvement drills, you know, high knees and all these, all these things, plyometrics, super high intensity. So it's all sort of like a, just a horrendous conditioning and I'm clenching my fists, I guess, as I'm doing this running drill, he stopped the whole drill and I'm 18 years old and spends about a minute, you know, yelling at me about needing to be more relaxed when I run and not clenching my fists and just holding my thumb and index finger together because it's making me too tense and I need to relax. And, you know, this is singling out an 18-year-old in front of, you know, 120 other guys there. And anyways, not that I do a whole lot of speed improvement or plyometric fields nowadays, (laughs) but to this day, I still run the same way with my thumb and my index finger, just lightly touching and not with a clenched fist. So it it works, you know, that that, uh, gentle correction. I also remember maybe my second or third year, it was one morning in training camp, and it was... Hot already, you know. It's nine in the morning there, and it's already, you know, in Celsius. What would that be? You know, thirty-five degrees at a hundred percent humidity, and you know it's just going to get hotter. Just incredibly hot. And he came up to me just before practice started. He said, "Hey, Peter, I looked up the weather in Vancouver this morning. Seventy-two and cloudy." And he walked off laughing. <laughs> and I thought to myself. He was thinking about me when he looked in the paper this morning and looked at the Vancouver weather, and I felt so special.
0: Wow, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And you went on to win a national championship in 2003, and, well, the rest is history for both you and him, and uh, you both turned out uh, pretty okay, that is for sure. Pete, appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, turning back the clock with us this morning on Good Morning Hamilton.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, Rick. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Just hearing this music, you know, takes me back to well, quite literally, last night. I'm watching The Price Is Right, (laughs) but you know, when you when you hear the theme song of The Price Is Right or any game show that you watched, especially as a child or as a teenager or as a young adult, it, it takes you back to that time. Those iconic hosts, games, big wins. Uh, amazing trends of the day, like we'll get into here as we discuss the Mount Rushmore of TV game shows. And you can, you can have your input on this. What are your top four TV game shows of all time? And I say four because Mount Rushmore in the U.S. has four faces, four of the forefathers of the United States. And so when we talk about Mount, Mount Rushmore, it's always a top four. So, over the past week, I have polled my coworkers here at CHML, Brother Station, Y108, Sister Station, Energy 953, and asked them, What is your Mount Rushmore of TV game shows? And so I have a list that is like 25 deep in terms of different game shows that my coworkers have watched over the years. And I've been inviting people all week long to send me an email or send in a text or go on to our X or Facebook account and tell me what your favorite TV game shows are. And so the list is quite impressive. From The Masked Singer, which I consider more of a competition reality show as opposed to a G- TV game show, but it's on the list. Shows like Joker's Wild or Card Sharks, Password, Wipeout, Press Your Luck. All those getting one vote, at least one person identifying those as a TV game show that would be on their Mount Rushmore. Got a message from Anthony who says, price is right. Let's make a deal. Wheel of Fortune jeopardy. And those four are among the top vote getters in the polling that I did here internally and amongst everyone else who sent me a message. Here's what others had to say. Got an email from Toastman Jack, who's a great listener to the program. It says, "Good morning, Rick. See one video village with Monty Hall. Wow, that's going back. Concentration with Hugh Downs. Price is Right, Bill Cullen. Password with Alan Ludden, and even a number five. Name that tune, Wink Martindale. There are so many great shows." It says Toastman Jack, and he's absolutely right. Perhaps your favorite TV game show is this one. The Price Is Right is certainly there, but this one, The Family Feud. Family Feud is iconic. Whether it was Richard Dawson, Ray Combs, Steve Harvey's hosting right now, Alan's a big fan. Alan from St. Catherine sending me a text. Fave TV game shows in order: Family Feud, Price Is Right, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. R.I.P. Bob Barker and Alex Trebek, they made those shows great. I love the old host for Family Feud also, but Steve Harvey makes it just as good now. Steve Harvey is an excellent host. Funny, witty, quick with the humor, obviously he's a comedian, and does a great job with Family Feud. Shane with a text saying, Jeopardy, price is right, The old version of Wheel of Fortune. And Shane, are you talking about the ones where they won the money and then they had to spend that money on the merry-go-round of prizes? If that's what you're talking about, I love that version of Wheel of Fortune. And Shane also says Concentration, another great TV game show. Brian says TV game shows. Don't forget the classic Mad Dash with host Pierre Lalonde. Mad Dash, throw that in the mix. That's a great one. Jim on X is Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and Let's Make a Deal. Another great show. Cast in on X is Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and Hollywood Squares. Absolutely. Iconic TV game shows. We can't deny that. They they have entertained us for eons. Jennifer. On the text line, Supermarket Sweep. Yes, love that show. Bumper Stumpers. Little known fact, Scott Radley, host of the Scott Radley Show, weeknight 6 to 8 here on CHML, was a contestant on Bumper Stumpers back in the day. Uh, Jennifer also says Family Feud and Price is Right. Yes, the Price is Right. Whether it's Bob Barker or now Drew Carey is doing a great job hosting that show. Tony has called into the program. Tony, good morning. How are you?
5: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Your Mount Rushmore of TV game shows is?
6: I need a bigger mountain.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
6: Uh, but I would go with Price is Right,
5: Jeopardy, Wheel of and then a tie for fourth with um, the newly, uh, yeah, Newlywood Game yep. and the Hollywood
6: Squares. Oh, wow. With Peter Marshall. Oh, yes. And Paul in as a
5: center square.
0: Great shows. Thanks for calling in, Tony. Yeah. Have a great weekend. You too. Yeah, if you're like Tony and need a bigger piece of rock to sculpt that's fine that's fine sally on the text line newlywed game and dating game those were great shows